0: Hey y'all, it's Tamar. Welcome to my podcast, Scott Family Community. Um, I wanted to share something with you all. Um, As you know, I talk on matters involving our community, the family, conflict resolution, and everything in between. Um, This episode, I wanted to deal with the family, the internal family, and the step family. Just recently, Dwayne um, W. and his wife, Siobhan, uh, were in the news concerning their child together, born um, Zion Wade, if I'm not mistaken. That was his name, Um, in which the mother, Siobhan, went to the courts asking or requesting that um, the father, Dwayne W., not allow him to change their name uh, from Zion to to Zion. Um, Shavon went to the courts for this request while Dwayne W went straight to social media telling family members, I'm, I'm sorry, telling uh, family matters um, which I thought was a very um, it was a very cowardly move and I will never understand this man's hatred for the mother of his two kids um, <clears throat> by her. Long story short, uh, Dwayne grew up in a, um, it was mentioned by him that he uh, grew up in a dysfunctional household, which he admitted. And, and Siobhan and her mother were the ones who provided uh, a shelter for him. They, they helped him, um, at times when he didn't want to go home because of the situation he had at his house. Um, So, when Dwayne got into the NBA, um, their relationship started to phase out. (coughs) Personally, only they know what happened. um, But it was put out there in the public that when he left her, he filed for custody and took the kids from her. (coughs) And him and his lawyer called her crazy and slandered her in the media. Um, This is something that I witnessed um, following the story. Um... When, when he, you know, got into the NBA, and I was a, I was a fan and very supportive of him, especially when he was with um, uh, LeBron James, um, and I was rooting for them because um, I think they made a just a very good dynamic duo, um, and I was proud of them when they were playing down there with the Miami Heat. <clears throat> now I'm not sure if. Siobhan was given money for him to get custody. Um, I'm not sure, but from what I have seen, the way he has handled her and defamed her in the media over the years has been nothing short of concerning. Um, this is not characteristics of someone who cares for the mother of their child, especially when you're running and crying to media hoping they will back you. You know, I'm not going to read the posts, but... Um, he put on his IG in a statement that stuck out to me. Um, he made a very long post. So, you know, I'm going to read the post uh, that Dwayne put on his IG, his Instagram. Um, and again, Siobhan went to the courts uh, with her paperwork and he decided to go to the social media um, and put all the business out there publicly for the world to see. So this was his his cry on social media. Since this must be the new way of parenting, I guess I have to address these allegations here, which is a damn shame. While I'm on a life-changing trip in our motherland, Africa, I received a social media post about me forcing our 15-year-old child to be someone she's not and to do something against her will. These are serious and harmful allegations that have hurt our children. While none of us are surprised by Siobhan's attempt to fight Zaya's identity and her unwavering attempt to drag my name through the mud, I'm very disappointed that she continuously finds ways of centering herself and her needs without regard to her children. This report came out while Zaya was in class. This is a kid who has maintained a 4.0 GPA in honors classes. While navigating all this unsolicited and harmful attention and debates about her gender and sexuality from those who are committed to not listening to her, much less even knowing her. He goes on to say, Siobhan tried a similar attempt over a decade ago with equally damaging lies and causing irreparable um, harm to her children and 13 lawyers later. I was awarded sole custody of our two kids as an active NBA player. All I ever wanted was to have my parenting time interrupted as I knew that it would be a very difficult time for our kids to navigate their new normal. So instead of actually trying to co-parent over the years, she's left her home to see more lawyers and has taken the time to talk to more lawyers since I filed for divorce then she's left her home to actually see or have tro- tr- or have truly spoken and listened to Zaya over all these years. <clears throat> I've given her the opportunity to reach out to Zaya's teachers, doctors and therapists over the years and even meet her friends. So she could get her own understanding of our child's needs for her life. She won't do it. She has not been to a school recital, graduation, school dance, Play date, practice, parent-teacher conference, etc. And Zaya has given her every opportunity to try to get to know her. She won't do it. And then in the last post, he states, As a woman who claims to be a good Christian mother, I've yet to see her make any sacrifice or effort to leave her own home to participate in her children's lives in over a decade. Zaya is not that same three year old child anymore, and she's screaming that to the world, but most importantly to her mother. No one in our house would ever force Zaya or any of our children to do anything against their will, much less force an identity on them. This isn't a game for my family, and definitely not for Zaya. This is her life. All the while, my wife in our village has been her rock in helping her pick up the pieces. After heartbreak, after heartbreak. Isn't that something how he turned this all around when she was actually his rock when he was coming up in a dysfunctional family? So he goes on to say S- Siobhan has decided to pretty much be an absent parent to Zaya all on her own. As men, we get a bad rep for not showing up and being absentee fathers. Well, that's not the case here because I'm ten toes down and I'm still going through the BS. And I would not sit on my hands this time and allow her to make a mockery of my dedication to my family. The high road has run out of real estate. My lawyer will be in contact and best of luck to the 14th lawyer as they try to unravel this book of lies that's been sold to them. And that's from the words supposedly from... um, Dwayne W from his Instagram, and um, not sure if he wrote it or not, but that's that was on his Instagram. And so, <coughs> a statement that stuck out to me is when he said, "quote unquote," while none of us are surprised by Siobhan's attempt to fight Zay's identity. In her unwavering attempt to drag my name through the mud, I'm very disappointed that she continuously finds ways of centering herself and her needs without regard to her children, quote-unquote. What stuck out to me in this sentence was, number one, his fight against her, Siobhan, and number two, when he flipped the situation to make it appear as if she is dragging him when it's him because he ran to social media while she went to the courts. This appears like someone that lacks accountability. Number three, he mentioned she has no regard for her children. First, is considered our children. And if he really had any common sense, he would realize the more she made was in fact in regard to their children. It was for the safety of their child in which as a mother, she had general concern and did something. Number four, something else that also stuck out was that I wanted to point out in this sentence is, is further confirmation and proof he, he put those kids against the mother. Because he said Siobhan's attempts to fight Zaya's identity, quote-unquote. And I say this is something that's very dangerous to do and it's something that is happening all over our community. Now, what What I wanted to also focus on was something else that he said that really prompted me to do this episode. Dwayne went on to say, I've given her the opportunity to reach out to Ziya's teachers, doctors, and therapists over the years and even meet her friends so she could get her own understanding of our child's needs for her life. She won't do it. She has not been to a school recital, graduation, school dance, play date, practice, parental, uh, parent-teacher conference, etc. And Zaya has given her every opportunity. She won't do it. <clears throat> now, when Dwayne ran to social media making these claims, I knew exactly what he was doing. And let's just say Siobhan did not go to the event. Let's just say she didn't go. He's claiming she didn't go. Um, She probably didn't go because of all the intimidation and bullying he has done to her over the years. I see this all the time in families. There are family functions and you have that one person or more that doesn't show up because they know people will be talking bad about them or have talked about them like a doll so they just don't come. Then they are made to feel guilty because they didn't. You know, they didn't come. They decided not to show up. That being said, Dwayne, he just probably didn't make her feel comfortable. Um, he didn't provide a safe space for her to come around, considering how he treated her throughout the years, and I've seen this. Um, it falls in line with intimidation. You know, um, families, you know, they're dealing with situa- situations like this everywhere. Um, it's And it's, it's very unfortunate. Um, and speaking on intimidation, you have people who can't even go around family because they are they are being intimidated. This intimidation could come in the form of verbal assaults, um, verbally cutting someone down, um, and the worst of them all being mistreated by someone behind closed doors, whereas no one believes you when you speak up. You know, um... Within families, let's just go for the internal family with a stepmother or stepfather dynamic set up. Let's just say you have a stepfather or stepmother and you know they don't like you. They have put their hands on you. They have said hateful things to you or they have done nefarious things to you and even behind your back to harm you. And you you eventually you know, muster up the strength to tell your biological parent and they still don't believe you. And the stepfather or mother continues the behavior because they know the biological parent won't believe you. This is what causes the stepchild to leave and possibly never return because of all the lies, the bullying, the intimidation taking place due to an unsafe, hostile, and intimidating environment. So when I saw Dwayne make that comment stating that Siobhan never showed up to the events to show Zaya support, I was understanding and knowing that his treatment towards her over the years was a reason for this. You know, from what I've seen, you know, he kind of broke up his own family. Um, again, a lot of people are going through what Siobhan is going through. You have family members who also bogart and take over another family member where you can't have access to them unless they are around. You have boys and girls whose mother or father has completely been taken over by someone else so much so that you don't have access to them because of a controlling stepfather or step, uh, stepmother that wants them all to themselves. And when they want them all to themselves, they start putting bad seeds in your biological mother or father's head about you. Everything they say about you is negative so much so that, speaking, that they speak nothing but negative over your life. And your biological mother or father begins believing them. And the next thing you know, your own biological mother or father has turned against you as well as your family members, internal and external, because of a wicked, selfless stepfather or or stepmother. And this specific scenario can be applied to any member of a family. An aunt can do it. An uncle can do it. A grandmother can do it. A grandfather can do it. A cousin can do it. A sister can do it. A brother can do it. This is called bogarting. And when you don't come around no more and they try and make you feel guilty, or they'll tell people they don't know why you don't come around no more. when they know because they were the ones that caused all the harm. And they were the ones that isolated you. It's really crazy um, because then you have some women who have children by an abusive man that can be verbally, mentally, emotionally, and physically abusive. And she may take steps to keep a distance from the man, like not coming around him, not um, not letting him know where she lives, which will eventually lead to the child being kept away from the father. And this happens because oftentimes the woman knows the man is trying to harm her. She knows that he's trying to harm her and she knows that he's trying to get close to her by way of the child. Um, So sometimes the child, you know, is just kept, kept away. Um, They're kept with the mother with little visitation from the father for safety reasons. And some men who, you know, are just not honest, what they'll, what they'll run around and cry and say is that the, the, the mother is trying to keep uh, the child away from him when the facts and the reality and what's honest behind the situation is that he's a he's abusive to her, um, and so she may keep that child away because he's trying to use that child to get close to her. Um, so it's it's just really unfortunate situations. So with that being said, I think Siobhan she did the right thing by staying away from this guy. Um, she did the right thing. Although he will try and guilt trip her, he's going to continue doing it. Um, and I just really think that, um, it's really made me look at him a different way. Um, I think the actions that he's taken has been very cowardly. Um, just been very disrespectful. And it's just been concerning the way that he has treated, um, the mother of his children throughout the years. It's been very concerning, um, and these type of actions, is running rampant in our community. Um, so a solution here is just stay away from people you know don't mean no good to you. Um, like I said, they will try and guilt trip you, try and make you feel bad for not coming around. They will slander you um, to, to everyone like he's pretty much did on his social media towards her. But just stay away from them. Stay away from them. Live your life. You know the truth, God knows the truth, and that's all that matters. This is Tamara, God Family Community. Hey y'all, it's Samara here, God Family Community. Um, Today I wanted to come to you all today and talk about um, how black women's emotions, going throughs and feelings are pretty much swept under the rug. Um, When something happens, um, we're forced to kind of either keep it to ourselves and just deal with it, or when we do speak up on it, we're not believed. Um... And this comes, this kind of aligns with what what has happened with the Shanquilla Robinson situation. Just recently, um, I had a situation with a job where I was the only black person, black woman in our department. There were eight other people, non-black people, um, including the director and the assistant director of the department. Um i worked directly under the assistant director who gave me instructions and this guy he was he was fairly new in his position, which is fine um he started in june and i had started in august um <clears throat> the same year i had a coworker who was a um, non black uh non black woman who was very um who he was very close to they were like two peas in a pod um they had a ten ten year um uh, well no actually almost a 15-year age difference she was 25 and he was 45 I think and and this woman she was very nasty very disrespectful towards me very just very very nasty and me being the older woman or even if I wasn't the older woman I you know I never disrespected her back and um, I just remained professional um, never retaliated or anything like that Um, because I had, you know, been trained in terms of professionalism and a professional uh, work environment through a program that I had went through, you know, years ago. Um, so I always carried those those, those ethics with me with every job that I went to. Um, but I could not believe how this girl was acting. Um, and she just like a sector of women in her demographic. She was, she was very good at being nasty in the background and switching up. Real quick to change her attitude uh, to someone good and positive in front of others. She was very good for that. Um, And this was just how the the assistant director um, was, who happened to be a white male. um, They were just alike, which is why they, I think that's why they clicked. And you know, both this girl and the assistant director was saying and doing a lot of and doing a lot of disturbing things to me a lot. And no matter what, again, I just remained respectful, never retaliated, and remained professional. And I noticed these two retreat. They weren't treating anyone else like this in the department. No one else. Um. Um. The assistant director, he was just very, very uh, emotionally. He was very abusive. Um. He was always angry. He was always getting upset. Um, so what I did was I documented the dates and times, and was very descriptive and well detailed of everything that was said and done to me, because um, it was it was very disturbing. And again, I was in shock how these people were acting in a professional work environment. Um, I picked up on a lot of behavior issues. <clears throat> So this assistant director began blaming me for things, um, pretty much falsely accusing me of things I did not do, which I backed with evidence. And he would say I, like he would say I wasn't doing what he asked me to do, and I was able to prove to the, to the human resources with evidence and documents that I was in fact doing what he asked me to. Um, and the human resources saw all of this evidence. She saw all of this evidence and it was very well organized. Um, <clears throat> he came off as pretty much a patho- uh, pathological liar. Now, we had a meeting one day, um, in which I was called into the office by the human resources because, again, he had claimed I did something that I didn't do. So, when I came into the office, he was there, um, and the HR was there waiting for me, and he told he told the HR a couple of things that concerned me. He told her that he was discussing my business, you know, private matters he talked to, to me about as far as him giving me instructions with others. In other words, he was not confidential. Um, um, he told her that he had snapped on me one day, which was a concern I had previously brought to her and the director about, um, you know, because there was a there was something that happened on a day where he had asked me to do something, <clears throat> and I had completely f- forgot the day before. But I took the initiative to do it, like right then and there. And when I came, when I went to his office, I showed him that I did it. And he said something that said, "That's not what I asked you to do. You didn't do it when I do it. You didn't do it um, when I told you to do it." And so he had pretty much admitted to the HR that he snapped on me on that day. So he admitted that, and I could respect, it, respect him for that. Um, and he had also told her that he did not want to work with me anymore. Now, when he said that, I knew he was and had been setting me up to get fired, which is why he kept lying and saying I wasn't doing what I was told when I, w- um, when I was actually doing it and when he was blaming me for things. Now, when he said that, um, when he said all this, what disturbed me is that the HR didn't really pick up on this. She didn't really take this confession and information and do something about it. Um, Because he admitted that right there. Um, And that's not all what he said. I just brought you the three, you know, the main things that he said. I'm sitting up there listening to him. I'm like, wow, this guy is really... I'm like, why is she not putting two and two together and doing something about it? She did nothing about it. So based off the meeting that took place and seeing she didn't have common sense, obviously I had consulted in a lawyer. Long story short, based on the behavior, I referenced discrimination. And she did an investigation in which she investigated everyone in our department. Well, after the investigation ended, she sent an email to everyone that exposed me as the one that made the discrimination claim. She later came in our office and told us to delete the email that she sent out. She came to me and apologized for quote-unquote accidentally sending the email to everyone. Um, And so based on that, with everyone seeing it, including the director... Uh, The next day, I was brought into the director's office, and I was fired by him. So professionally, I did everything I was supposed to do. Um, I came to work, did my job, remained professional, positive, despite all the biases and disturbing behavior. It was very organized, so organized that I was able to find the human resources evidence and documents of proof that would refute the opposite of what the assistant director was saying, as well as the disturbing um, behaviors of the of the coworker, the the Caucasian lady. Um, the HR was a black woman. And I saw that when she did that, that she pretty much had... She sent those that email out to them and told them to delete it. Um, to me, I saw that as being stabbed in the back. Um, and she put my life in jeopardy. Um, so on the heels of the Sh- Shanquilla Robinson situation, it confirmed that as a black woman, we really have nowhere to run. No safety net. No one to talk to. And no one to support us. You know we're constantly beat down. Even when we're doing all the right things. Um, you know. While we're abused on the jobs. You know. We take the high road. And just quote unquote take it. And justice is never served. In fact. If, even even if we, we mention what is going on. We are not believed. Or it's flipped and turned around um, on us. In my case the white male assistant director even when he admitted to snapping on me and, and admitting all those other things in the meeting uh, for no reason and this guy he had some serious issues um, that I could tell um, and even when I had proof factual proof and documentation of what was taking place the HR, you could tell she didn't want to believe me. She, in fact, actually kept flipping things back on me. So, and I remember being in that meeting room and saw how he weaponized his emotions and disarmed the human resources lady and made her feel sorry for him. I felt this and I saw I saw the shift. I saw the shift. He was easier to believe and not me because of stereotyping and black people too stereotype one another based off what other non-black people say and think about us and we believe it so I say all this to say that black women black people um, have to look at ourselves look at how you treat one another you know you don't listen to one another and you don't believe one another. <laughs> now, in the case of the Shanquilla Robinson situation, obviously I saw that there was some jealous we all saw that there was jealousy, there's backstabbing that took place. That was just sheer wickedness that took place. Um and I can't really say that about this human resources lady. Um, cause I didn't really sense any jealousy, but there was backstabbing that took place and it's just unfortunate that there's just so many situations and circumstances we, we find ourselves in or put or put in to where we're not believed, um, to where we're overlooked um thankfully with Shanquilla, it seems like she's going to get some justice but it's just unfortunate that she was backstabbed like that and i think that to wrap it all up again i think we have to look at ourselves look at our behavior how we're treating one another and we just have to we have to stop all of the wickedness and the the jealousy and the backstabbing and the you know, it's, it's, getting, it's really getting out of hand. Um, and no one can't stop that but us. No one else is going to come in and help us and save us. You know, it's up to us to change, change our attitudes and our ways um, to have a more productive community, culture, and civilization. This is Tamar God Family Community.